It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights drop this one three to nothing to the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota forcing a decisive game seven Friday night, 6 p.m. at T-Mobile Arena. And for the Golden Knights, it's a game in which you you look at this one, you, you want, I think, to to come through with a little bit different effort just in terms of, of taking the game to the Minnesota Wild didn't really happen through the first two periods of the game. And to help us break this one down, we bring in the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, Dan, you know, uh, you look at the Golden Knights, the last ten opportunities that they have had to eliminate an, an opponent from the playoffs, they've gone two and eight in that stretch. I, it's a trend, obviously, different because it's different playoff years. But but what? why, why can't the Golden Knights seem to close out this team in the Minnesota Wild? That is a great question, Ryan. And as you said, it's a trend. It's not only with Minnesota. Knights are shut out here. But, again, going back to last year against Vancouver, they lost game five and were shut out in game six. Now they came back and shut out Vancouver in game seven. And we even remember back to that series in 2019 against San Jose. Knights had a 3-1 series lead. San Jose battled back and forced game seven. And the Knights played great in game seven for... A 3-0 lead until the final five minutes, and we know what happened after that. So it's almost like their their backs are, uh, they're, they're, when their backs are up against the wall for real, they can kind of click into gear. But it's almost like when they're not really up against the wall, they're perhaps a bit tentative. And, and listen, it's not like they didn't play well. It's not like they didn't try hard. Uh, this is just the result of a Minnesota performance with very few gaffes, very few errors, very few mistakes. And the Knights are opportunistic. Uh, there were few opportunities to try to take advantage of. This was a, a game that the Knights didn't generate a ton of chances. Talbot made a few good saves. There weren't a ton of great chances for Minnesota either. But when there were a couple of those breakdowns led to breakaways and clearly that first goal was huge for Hartman set up by Fiala and that was one of the few transition opportunities for either side today Vegas did not have many transition opportunities in this game so when when you kind of look at game seven on Friday night what do the Golden Knights have to do to try to generate a different result I have thought for a while as great as they are when they uh, shut down opposing teams uh, offenses that uh, they do such a great job at limiting shots but some of that I, I wonder if that comes at the expense of a more dynamic offensive creation you know to, to create some of those transition opportunities you might have to take a chance here or there um, you know if the Knights aren't scoring if, if Minnesota is playing mistake free hockey you're either a hoping for a Minnesota mistake or B you got to find a way to force him into a mistake and that could mean taking some chances. I mean, the Knights uh, have come from behind twice in this series, but now the last couple of games they've fallen behind and not really mounted all that much of an attack, right? They were ahead one nothing, fell behind 3-1. to one. They had 40 minutes to score two goals, and they played great, mm -hmm. but they couldn't score more than the one power play goal. Like, that 
to me, tells you a little something. Like, they didn't give Minnesota anything, but they didn't generate enough. And here today, uh, there was no comeback and not enough time, I suppose, to really do much of anything. Vegas started to get the momentum late in the second period in this one, and, you know, Pat Micheletti and I were talking in the second intermission. He was like, you know, Vegas is going to find a way. They're tilting the momentum in their favor. And I said, I don't know. It's all going to come down to who makes a mistake. And it was that breakaway Ryan Hartman's goal, that was the first mistake, and Minnesota was opportunistic. So, again, to answer your question, Ryan, sometimes I think about what the Knights can do to force Minnesota into more mistakes, and that could mean taking some more chances because, you know, to score two goals in a game six and game seven combined, that's clearly not, not good enough, and it's not up to the Golden Knights standards. You know, Dan, last one here, because I know it'll be a topic of conversation going into game seven. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard. You have two great goaltenders. Marc-Andre has been really, really good in this series. Do you anticipate any change in the goal for the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't think so. Today is, has been discussed all afternoon. Fleury and Leonard left the ice at the same time. Technically, Fleury was the first off, but Robin was quickly uh, in tow. Uh, and, and my thought was, if there was going to be a change, it would have to be today. It would have to be for Game 6, because now... If you were to switch to Robin Leonard, he would have not played the entire series, and he has not played since the second-to-last game of the regular season. And that's, you know, what's it, May 14th? Yeah. So that is that is quite a while to step into a Game 7. Um, so I'm not sure that that is... Uh, I, mean, I, I would have to think, Ryan, that the yeah. choice was made prior to this. Hey, we're either going to play Leonard today and go back to whoever's hot for a Game 7, if Leonard is good and we lose, or back to Fleury if Leonard is bad. <laughs> uh, but I think because they went with Fleury to start today, my guess, guess, is that uh, Fleury gets game seven. All right, Dan. Well, as always, thanks for joining us here on the postgame show, and we will talk to you on Friday night. Thanks, Ryan. Vegas Golden Knights, Dan Duva. We've got a lot more to get to here on the AAA Insurance postgame show on the Vegas Golden Knights radio network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance Post Game Show. The Golden Knights fall to the Minnesota Wild 3 to nothing. Let's head back to Minnesota, bring in Mark Stone and Riley Smith as they address the media after tonight's loss. I'm going to get that penalty killed. Uh, I think it's always worth the challenge, hoping that maybe it gets reversed. Uh, we just got to get that kill. Let's go to Chris Matthews, Channel 8 Las Vegas. Hey Riley, can I just ask you about the about the game seven now? The you know the winner take all advances on moves on. It just it, it's in it's in the fortress. You get the opportunity to win at home. Something that uh, you wrap up a series uh, for the first time at home. I mean, just can you kind of talk about that, Riley? It's an exciting opportunity. Um, our fans are definitely going to be uh, full of energy and they're going to be pretty loud. So let's make the most of it. After a couple more tonight with Mark and Riley. Next, we'll go to Ben Goats with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Riley, you guys hadn't allowed a power play goal to them all series. It's just how much of a momentum swing was that when they were able to make it, you know, 2-0 instead of 1-0? Yeah, it's uh, you're in a little bit of a hole. There's still opportunities to get out of it. Um, I think, like Mark said, it was a challenge. Everyone felt that 
we should take. So, um, you know, teams are going to score on the power play if you give them a ton of opportunities. We've done a good job all series, and um, every now and then they're going to they're going to find holes and get some bounces, and they did tonight. So, uh, we'll be we'll be sure to be a little bit cleaner next game. Next, we we'll go to Justin Emerson with the Las Vegas Sun. Riley, you guys have had a 3-1 lead the last two years that turned into a game seven. You won one, you lost one. Do you take anything from those into this one, or does, is it just a new year and it doesn't matter? I think it's a new year. It doesn't really matter. It's an opportunity to to come out your home uh, your home arena with all your fans excited and, and full of emotion. So, um, you know, it's the stuff that we dream about as kids. Guys, thanks for the time tonight. That was Mark Stone and Riley Smith as they addressed the media after tonight's loss. The Minnesota Wild force a decisive Game 7 on Friday, 6 p.m. Puck drop at T-Mobile Arena. The post-game injury report is brought to you by the Valley Health System, the official health system of the Vegas Golden Knights. And Braden McNabb unavailable tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights on the NHL's COVID protocol. So, tough Tough for the Golden Knights. Max Pacioretty hasn't played in this series, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what ends up happening for the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of who is available for them. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. And, you know, first period, not too much going on until the end of the period when Marc-Andre Fleury would make our AAA insurance save of the game. 45 seconds to go in the first. Look out, Rask cuts in. Kick save, Fleury! Down with the right pad. Another try. Blocked by Nick Waugh by Kaprizov, shot from the left circle. Another one trickles in front. Another kick save flurry. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. Not much happening in this game in the second period, though we do end up going to the third period, and Ryan Hartman would finally break the ice early in that period. Tumbles down to the near circle. Parise chips it up the left boards. Got it to Fiala, closing in. He feeds right. Score! Hartman! And Minnesota takes the lead. Ryan Hartman from Kevin Fiala and Zach Parise at 421 of the third period makes it one to nothing. Minnesota. The Golden Knights would appear to tie the game off of a Chandler Stevenson goal, but it would be waved off for goalie interference. The Golden Knights would challenge the call, lose, and it would result in a wild power play. Stone gliding on his backhand to the left corner. Tuck is there, back for Stone. Turns forehand, out high for White Cloud. Or pardon for Nick Hayes to the right. Stevenson scores! Off the left post and in. There was traffic in front. Minnesota pleading for goaltender interference. Vegas is tied at 1-1, nine minutes into the third. After video review, it's been confirmed that there was goaltender interference. There is no goal. That's a tough break for the Golden Knights as the goal was scored, waved off. Vegas had to challenge, and then Vegas loses the challenge. So on the ensuing power play for the Minnesota Wild, Kevin Fiala would net his first of the playoffs. Zuccarello from the right circle, twisted out high. Fiala shoots, score! Power play goal, 2-0 Minnesota with 10.25 to go. That's Kevin Fiala from Jared Spurgeon and Matt Zuccarello at 9.35 of the third period to make it 2-0 Minnesota. Later in the period, the Golden Knights pushing and pressing. Another mistake leads to a Nick Bukestad goal. 
through center. Brown, rink wide left, knocked away. Here's Sturm coming ahead, got it to Bukestad down the middle. He scores! Backhander from Bukestad makes it 3 nothing. That's Bukestad from Nico Sturm and Jared Spurgeon, 15-17 of the third period to make it 3 to nothing, Minnesota. And the Golden Knights would push. they get a power play opportunity late, but all that was left in this game was the final call. Three seconds tick off as the Knights dump it in. 4,500 on their feet in St. Paul. It's all over. Game six goes to Minnesota. 3-0, a shutout for Cam Talbot. A shutout for Cam Talbot, 3-0 the final. The Minnesota Wild stave off elimination and push this one to the final game, a game seven Friday night at T-Mobile Arena. And, you know, I look at this game for the Golden Knights as, as a game in which, and we talked about it pregame with Stormy Bonantoni, a game in which the Golden Knights could go out and, and not have to reach the same level of desperation as the Minnesota Wild, but dictate that. And what I think we saw out of the first two periods in this game, though it, it did kind of tilt a bit for the Vegas Golden Knights in the second period, but certainly in the first period, the Golden Knights were playing not to lose. There, there, were, there were plenty of times in this game where I think both teams were holding back, trying not to make mistakes. And I, I think if there's one thing that we all know about hockey, it's nearly impossible to have a mistake-free game. And for the Minnesota Wild, what they were able to do in this game was take advantage of the Golden Knights' mistakes. And it's been now twice in a row, two games in a row, where Minnesota has cashed in on mistakes by the Golden Knights. You look at the first goal, and it's just one of those things. But let's go back to Minnesota, bring in head coach Pete DeBoer as he addresses the media after tonight's game. Season, uh, to have the record you have to, to host this game uh, in your building and give yourself the best opportunity. So I think coming into this series, I think uh, there was probably a lot of bets that this was going to be a six or seven game series, two evenly matched teams. You know, we've obviously... Uh, had hit some injury uh, trouble here with, with, I think, four regulars out tonight. And, you know, that hasn't helped, but uh, we've got to find a way. And, and we're excited about the opportunity to, to win a game seven and move on. Next, we'll go to David Shane, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, David. IP, you guys were so patient and mistake free for two periods. Did you feel like you got a little over aggressive on their first goal that led to it? Well, you're not going to play for 60 minutes without giving up something. I mean, we had the same look on a two-on-one in the second period and just missed the net. We hit a crossbar. That's that's just the way it goes. You know, we, uh, we're we pushing to win that game, not not to uh, not, to not uh, you know, get scored on. And that's our mindset. And, uh, you know, I think it's worked well for us when, when you look at our record this year. Time for a couple more here with Pete. Next, we go to Ron Futrell, Channel 8, Las Vegas. Ron. Yeah, Pete, can, can you take us through what happened with Braden McNabb today in the COVID protocol? Any expectations he'll be back for Game 7? Uh, no, I, I don't have any updates on on, uh, on him. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You get a test back and you get isolated. That's It's that simple. Final question tonight for Pete comes from David Shane, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hi, uh, similar question just about Ryan Reeves. Uh, what's the update there? And I guess more than that, what happened? Well, we'll have an update on him tomorrow. You know, he was, it, it, it wasn't a, a healthy scratch, so we'll, we'll have an update on that tomorrow.
Thanks, Pete. That was Pete DeBoer with tonight's postgame interview presented by Nevada Eye Physicians. A couple of things to break down there. Ryan Reeves, not a healthy scratch out of the lineup, presumably due to an injury. Hopefully get more information on that tomorrow. And then in terms of Braden McNabb, it's, it's really simple. He's on the NHL COVID-related absence list. Until he's not on that list, he's not an option. He's not available for the Vegas Golden Knights. We've got a lot more to get to here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. No other city does sports quite like Las Vegas because only in Vegas is it game time all the time. After the final buzzer sounds, hit the town to explore all the award-winning dining, attractions, experiences, and luxury resorts Vegas has to offer. To learn more, go to visitlasvegas.com today. It's AAA Insurance Postgame Show, The Wild. Defeat the Golden Knights 3 to nothing. Series is all tied up, all knotted up, three games apiece. Golden Knights had a 3-1 to one series lead and three opportunities now. They'll, they'll go into the reserve here. Three opportunities now to put the Minnesota Wild away. The Wild get the first two. They win game five, win game six, have momentum. And I'm curious about Game 7 because for the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 5 and also tonight in Game 6, there was an opportunity to dictate the play, to dictate the pace in order to not have to match desperation but put themselves in a position where they don't have to match the desperation because now in a Game 7, for the Vegas Golden Knights, for the Minnesota Wild, the desperation level has to be the same on both sides because now the Golden Knights are facing elimination. Now the Golden Knights go from in control of this series with plenty of margin for error to absolutely zero margin for error. And I get it. Like This is what you, this is what you play for in the regular season the option, the opportunity of, of having home ice advantage in Game 7. I understand that 100%. And if you're the Golden Knights going into Friday's game, absolutely you'd rather play at T-Mobile Arena than you would in Minnesota. But now the Golden Knights are in a position where they have to be desperate. They have their backs against the wall for the first time in this series. And for Vegas, they responded well after being shut out in game number one. But the question is going to be for Friday, what do you do if you're the Vegas Golden Knights? Because I still look at the first period in this game as an opportunity for the Golden Knights to go out there and try to dictate the play, dictate the pace, dictate play. And I think that, that you look at that first period on both sides, neither team was ready or willing to push the pace. Not much going on on either side. Both teams patient. Both teams waiting for the other to make a mistake. And in this game, in the third period, the Golden Knights made the first mistake. And what ends up happening in that situation, the Minnesota Wild go down, score a goal. 
It's a great pass from Kevin Fiala to Ryan Hartman. I, I mean, it's a fantastic pass. How do we get there on that play? Well, Shea Theodore at the point tries to get a shot through. It hits a, a leg, comes out of the zone, and it's a transition break the other way for the Minnesota Wild. Alex Petrangelo pinching in the zone. Theodore and Petrangelo both out there looking for offense for the Golden Knights. And Cody Glass playing in his first game of this year's playoffs is the only defender back, tries his best, doesn't take either the man or the puck. Fiala slides a beautiful pass across. Hartman, who has been really robbed countless times in this series, finds a way to put it in the back of the net. Huge goal, big goal. You know, and then I, I know we're going to talk about this later on. Goaltender interference. I, I get it. I totally do. But in the eyes of the officials who made the call on this play, Alex Tuck didn't do enough to try to get out of the blue paint and get out of Cam Talbot's way. Whether or not you want to disagree on that, I'm here for the argument. I really am. But at the same time, if that's what the officials rule on the ice and that's why they wave off the goal, then the Golden Knights challenge, I don't think it was ever going to be overturned. I understand doing it. I understand trying, especially when the Golden Knights penalty kill has been so dominant in this series. But again, it's a mistake that ends up in a goal on the board for the Minnesota Wild. So you look at the last two games, and the Minnesota Wild have feasted on the mistakes of the Golden Knights. And then when Vegas tries to kick it into high gear, they just can't find that next goal. So a lot of answers going into, or a lot of questions rather, going into Game 7. What are you going to get from the Golden Knights? How are they going to come out desperate in Game 7? Because you don't have another game to fall back on anymore. That's what's going to be most interesting to me. How the Golden Knights start Game 7. To me, right now, initial impressions, that's the biggest key of the game right there. you got to win the first 10 minutes. And then you got to win the first 20. There cannot be any doubt in the mind of the Golden Knights game on Friday night. We're back to wrap it up next. AAA Insurance Post Game Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show, wrapping it up here. Game 7 will go Friday, 6 p.m. puck drop, 5 p.m. pregame show. Golden Knights drop this one 3 to nothing to the Minnesota Wild. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Solar and Windows. There's a saying, safe is death. And for the Golden Knights, I, I looked at, again, the first 20 minutes of this game. And, and again, like you look at the Golden Knights in the second period, they've been dominant in this series, outscoring the Minnesota Wild 8-1 to in the second period. So you, you get through the first 20 minutes, you say to yourself, okay, 0-0, Golden Knights, they've been so good in the second period, that's where they take the game over. And they just didn't do it. There were opportunities, William Carlson, 
hits the crossbar. Nick Waugh gets a nice look. Cam Talbot just able to get enough of it. But the Golden Knights in those two spots don't capitalize on their opportunities. And then we end up going into the third period, 0-0, and it's all too familiar from what we saw in game number one, where Minnesota capitalizes on a mistake. And really, I mean, it's 3-0, but it, it almost felt like the first goal was going to win tonight. And the Minnesota Wild got it. They, they got it by, by blocking a shot and then transitioning well through the neutral zone and just... Kevin Fiala executing a beautiful pass. Ryan Hartman with the finish. And then Fiala gets the power play goal. Fiala coming into this game, zero points. Now has two and a lot of confidence going into game seven. So for the Golden Knights, it's all about regrouping, refocusing, and bringing everything that you've got to the game on Friday. Once again, game seven will be Friday. 6 p.m. puck drop, 5 p.m. pregame show. Thanks for joining us here. Extended post-game show is next on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network post-game show, presented by AAA Insurance. Our local coverage continues next with game highlights, interviews, and your phone call at 702-876-1340. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's get that out of the way. I would imagine that the phone lines will be full all night long. 702-876-1340. It's a 3-0 final. The Minnesota Wild stave off elimination for the second time in this series. Force Game 7 Friday night at T-Mobile Arena for the Vegas Golden Knights. You're now in a position where you have to be desperate. You're now staring down elimination in the first round of the playoffs against the Minnesota Wild. So your takeaways from tonight's game, what were your thoughts in how the Golden Knights approached the first period, second period, your thoughts on goaltender interference, because I'm, I'm sure that'll be brought up here. And you know, I, I guess we can start there. While we wait for the phone line, 702-876-1340 is the number. Uh, the Golden Knights had a goal come off the board. Marcus Felino backs into the crease, backs into the blue paint, doesn't allow Marc-Andre Fleury to play his position. And we look at that play, and it's, yeah, of course, it's a no-brainer. That's, that's goalie interference. And, and we'll, we'll keep going with this. But now let's get to the phone line. 702-876-1340. Mike, how you doing? Well, let's take a breath a moment here, guys and gals. It is not the end of the world by any means. This is why you play a regular season to get home ice advantage. So we've got it. Mm-hmm. Let's take advantage of it. I'm sure Saturday night people calling into WCCO or whatever station they call into 
thought the sky was falling. <laughs> so let's not fall into that trap. No, I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, there's still another opportunity, right? But I, I, I thought tonight the Golden Knights were going to be the more desperate team or at least be the team that kind of dictated how the game would be played through the first 20 minutes, and, and that really wasn't the case here. No, not at all. It, 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 there are some things to be disturbed about, and we can hash those out if we wish. Uh, also, to end it on a somewhat negative note, I have to believe that Alec Martinez would have jumped in front of that puck at the second goal, which Alex Petrangelo gave kind of an ole to. Do you agree with that or not? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't. I I think Alec Martinez is a really good shot blocker, and and I don't know that Alex Petrangelo. Um, is is at that level in terms of being able to get in front of uh, the puck the way that uh, that Alec Martinez is, but you know sometimes it, it just kind of glances off, it goes off the other way. Uh, and, and the other aspect that you've got to think about here, Mike, and thanks for the call, is that oftentimes goaltenders, if you're not sure that you can get the puck as a defender, get out of the way. Oftentimes goalies want to see the puck, they want to be able to make the save. That's their job to do. So if you've got a guy in Alex Petrangelo that can block shots, but isn't as as zeroed in as, say, Alec Martinez is. In that situation, if you're Marc-Andre Fleury, I think you want to just be able to see the puck. Thanks for the call, Mike. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's bring in Corwin. Corwin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. So on this goaltender interference situation, before I begin here, I'm a goalie myself. Yeah. So when I saw this happen, I'm like, looking at it, and I think this should count because Matt Dumba's right there, and he kind of sandwiches Tuck into Cam Talbot, and I'm there seeing if I was in that scenario, it'd be like, oh, man, my defender sandwiched a player right into me. I guess that was a great shot by Stevenson, and I got to accept that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with you. Like, I I certainly think that (laughs) Alex Tuck is making a concerted effort to try to get out of the blue paint. Matt Dumba... Uh, smartly understands what he's doing, right? Like, if if you look at the Marcus Foligno goal, or, or I'm sorry, the Joel Eriksson goal, where Marcus Foligno interfered with Marc-Andre Fleury, and you see that that gets called back in that situation, I, I think Matt Dumba makes a, a read on that play and says, you know what, I'm going to stand here. I'm not going to allow Alex Tuck to get out of the blue paint. And if a goal goes in, it's likely going to come off the board because that would be the consistent call. Well, yeah, and you look at it that way, I guess. And you could make an argument about goaltender interference. I believe there was one last night, Nashville and Carolina, where in real time, Saros looks like he gets hit by his own teammate. Yeah. And that one gets waved off, too, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that, again, they're, they're trying to be as consistent as they can. And, and when, the, when that goal from Joel Erickson that comes off the board because Marcus Foligno is in the blue paint, not necessarily because there's contact, but just simply by being in that area of the ice, then you get goals that probably should otherwise count not counting. And, and I include the Joel Erickson at goal in that. Like, if all three of those goals are good goals, I, I think we're all kind of fine and understand and, and okay with that. Uh, but you know what? The, the consistency is that those plays are not goals, and that's how the NHL has called them the last three opportunities. Thanks for the call, Corwin. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's bring in Al. Al, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, um, uh, listen, I called in um, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. or the last game, I'm sorry, and I was yep. saying that every time Negrano comes on on shows, 
Uh-huh. Uh, my analysis is usually close to his. Uh-huh. And um, uh, first of all, I don't know a lot about hockey, but I played all the sports. I played a lot of tennis, yeah. all the three major sports, and I know boxing. And I know the parallels of competition. And I'm going to tell you guys what's going on from okay. a tennis point of view. Got it. What's happening? Do you know what a passing shot is in tennis? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not really up on okay. tennis. Okay. Okay. On tennis, when you play tennis, mm-hmm. usually you're playing around. You're playing with the guy, and if he can hit a shot that's hard enough that that'll pass you, and you can't run up and catch it and block it and turn it over and put it over the net, that's called having a passing shot. Okay. And in tennis, when you have an opponent that so that can run around the net and can't pass you, you know, he can't put you out of position and give you a passing shot, all you do is you just stay on the baseline, which is the edge of the tennis court, and okay. you just run the guy around and tire him out, and then you just take the easy shots and just pass him. And that's what these guys are doing to the Knights. They're letting them – I didn't see the first period, but I I saw the second period of the last two games. And they're letting them come out in the second period, run around the whole net, Run around the hole on the court, okay? Because they know that they can't, they don't have a passing shot to get it in the net. And they can't move the guys around and get an angle on them. And these guys appear to be physically stronger and hold them, you know, hold them and so they can't move them around. Um, uh, and so they're holding, so they're letting the Knights just tire themselves out in the second period. That's why they're coming out weak on the third period. Now I know that they won game two and game three, they came out strong. But that's the strategy that they're using. And if management is listening, they got to stop. They got to be more patient and save their energy in the second period, pick their spots, and they got to get passing shots to get them in, get around these guys, get them I'm out not, of position. I'm not- I'm not sure, Al, that that kind of passing shots is really what you're looking at here for for the Golden Knights and hockey just being a different sport than tennis. What what you need in terms of of the Golden Knights and and finding their offense is plays that they can make in the neutral zone, the ability to stretch out and get into transition. What happened tonight is Minnesota played without making mistakes. And oftentimes in transition, you can take advantage of mistakes when they're presented to you. Minnesota was content to just try to go out there and not make any risky plays. And when they didn't do that, the Golden Knights kind of didn't allow, weren't allowed to get to their transition game. And then Vegas pressed, and Minnesota took, it, uh, took uh, advantage of a couple of mistakes. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I, I'm mostly just hoping that um, they respond to this game the way that they responded to the loss in game one, which was also a shutout. I mean, it was the one nothing overtime shutout, but we came back and um, beat them at home again. Sorry. Uh, you know, three to one the next game. So I'm hoping that that's what we see. I just want to see them come back angry and win. <laughs> What's your confidence level going into Game Seven? I, you know, I believe they're going to win. Right? I, I don't, I don't like to think about them losing. So you got to will good vibes into the world. All right, Stephanie. That's what I like to hear. Thank you for the call. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 3 to nothing. the final. The Minnesota Wild beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Dave off elimination. Force game seven, Friday, 6 p.m., T-Mobile Arena. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Joe. Joe, how you doing? I, I'm, I'm actually doing okay tonight. Um, i got to say this. Uh, the game one loss in this series was heartbreaking. Uh, that could have gone either way. You know, they got the lucky break. I, I, I would think if, if we ended up getting that game one victory, we would have got the lucky break. Game five, Cam Talbot basically stole one for them. Uh, mm-hmm. We outplayed them tremendously, uh, and uh, we didn't walk away with the W. Tonight is the first game in this series that I can say the Minnesota Wild actually won the game by themselves. Uh, you know, they didn't make any mistakes or yeah. anything like that, um, and they played with the Golden Knights very e- evenly. And we can talk about that goaltender interference goal being called back, but if you look at the grand scheme of the series, uh, you know, I guess now we can say we're all square. Uh, uh, so I guess that's what I was trying to say, but I have complete confidence in this team in Game 7 because I'm going to take the words of, of Matt Dumba. Uh, you're going to see a different beast mm-hmm. uh, in Game 7, and you're going to see a different beast in the Golden Knights, and most specifically, you're going to see a different beast in March Assault, uh, because I'll never forget, even after in 2018, even after that five-minute major, who put the team on his back? March Assault. He's going to be your night to shine. I don't have any question, but I just want to say, watch out for March Assault, Game 7. All right, Joe, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong there. When, uh, when you need a big moment, you need a big game. Jonathan Marcheseau has is, is typically been the guy for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, just one point in this series, one goal. I mean, a, bi- a big one in game two. But for the Golden Knights, they're, they're going to need somebody to kind of come into game seven with the intention of putting this team on their back, whether it be Mark Stone, whether it be Alex Tuck, whether it be the misfit line, Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, Riley Smith. Someone's going to have to play the hero for the Vegas Golden Knights because, as you mentioned, the, the margin for error is, is non-existent now. You have to win or you go home. You have to win or your season is over. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Rita, how you doing? Oh, I'm really sad. Yeah. You know, I wanted to win this one. I didn't want to have to go to a game seven, winner take all. But what I do know is, Usually when you get our team pissed off, they, they play pretty good. Yeah. Marcia so Stone, you know. So that's what I'm going with. We're going to win, and they're going to come out and just do them hell, I hope. I mean, that's, that's my thing. But tonight was a tough one. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, Rita. This was certainly a game where, you know, I was I was hoping, I was expecting a, a, a Golden Knights team to come out in the first period and just kind of take things over. Um, but it, it wasn't to be the case. What what do you it's it's a positive that Vegas has game seven at home. But what do you need to see in the first ten minutes to to really be confident that that's going to be a win for the Golden Knights? Oh, actually, I need them to get at least one goal, if not two, and just just come at Cam uh, Talbot. Just we got him because he's he's feeling much too secure right now. All right, Rita. As always, thanks for the call. We will look forward to our chat Friday night. Win or lose, no matter what, give us a call. All right. All right. Thanks, Rita. 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us on the other side of the break, it's the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, 3-0 the final. The Minnesota Wilds stave off elimination. Force game seven Friday from T-Mobile Arena, 6 p.m. puck drop, 5 p.m. pregame show. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to give us a call. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Mike, how you doing? Good, how are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So I don't know how surprising this is. I mean, mm-hmm. in the sense that we have three or four guys from the AHL playing. Our best shooter is out. Um, you know, Nosek was doing great until he got hurt again. And um, it's not surprising. There's so little difference when you get to playoff time between the, the, the teams that this it caught up with them. Uh, the big question is, you know, will Pacioretty be back for Game 7? I know he's skating. The answer is probably not, right? And then why didn't they start Leonard in Game 6 so Flurry could come back rested Game 7? And the related question is, who's going to start Game 7? That's my question. So uh, kind of piece by piece. On, on Max Pacioretty, I, I think if, if there's a, a possibility that he is somewhat close, I think he plays, right? Like, I think that oh, if no. you're, you're in this situation, you, you could potentially put him in the lineup. And maybe he's not the, the impact player that, that you expect him to be or he has been from the regular season. But if there's something that he, that he can bring to the table, his shot on the power play, though the way that penalties are being called, you might not get very many opportunities on the power play. Uh, I do think that if, if there's even a question as to whether or not Max Pacioretty can go, he's in the lineup. That being said, uh, why didn't Pete DeBoer go with Marc-Andre Fleury? Or why didn't he go with Robin Leonard tonight? Um, because I, I don't think Marc Andre Fleury is the reason that the Golden Knights are in this position. Like, I, I think he's been very good in this series. Certainly, coming off of of two wins, game three and four in Minnesota, where he was pretty good. Um, and then you know you, you get that game in game five where Minnesota takes advantage of some mistakes, and then the Golden Knights can't find an equalizer, and, and then. I think the reason you don't go to Robin Leonard tonight is because the decision's already made that you're riding Marc-Andre Fleury. Because if there's any question as to what you're going to do, if there's any question as to whether or not you want to put Robin Leonard into a game, Game 6 tonight was the game to do it. Because you can always come back 
to Marc-Andre Fleury in game number seven. But I think the reason they didn't go to Leonard tonight is because the decision has already been made to ride Marc-Andre Fleury in this series no matter what. So the final answer to your final question, who do I expect to be in net game seven? It's Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, I agree. And having said that, I mean, I think they're going to respond. Uh, but we're a couple players short. And you know how at the end of every year they talk about the injuries that they couldn't talk about during the playoffs? Yeah. I bet this is going to be one of those years where there's going to be all sorts of stories. Martinez with his foot and this one and that one. And so it's part of the game. So hopefully we can maybe get Pacioretty back. I don't know what's going on with Nosek or McNabb. But, um, you know, I think we'll respond. You know, as a caller earlier said, we always do uh, after something like this. So I think, I think we'll be okay. But then obviously the next series is even bigger. Can't even think about that right now. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And thank you for the call. And thank you for the questions, honestly. Like, um, I've been thinking about the goaltending for a while now. And, and again, in terms of this playoffs, going into game one, my contention, my thought process was that the Golden Knights were going to find a way to rotate their goaltenders. It didn't happen, and at that point, you ride one guy. That's what you got to do. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification along the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup playoffs on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK Las Vegas. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Game 7 will be Friday. Let's go back out to the phone line to bring in Craig. Craig, how you doing? Hey, Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm good. Hey, how much of it, what Minnesota's doing, is what Dallas did last year? It seems like the lead, put full, take away the high danger, and see if Vegas was going to shoot it up from the outside. And, and not just you know not take away the eyes of the goalie things like that where it seems like yeah they're getting the shots but they're not from the high danger they're not you know taking away the eyes of the goalie they're not making a move post to post I also think for some reason Shea's not getting the bounces that he did last year too I think that's one guy that could really loosen up from the point area and help them out too I mean Martinez is doing well but it doesn't seem Shea but it, it just seems like it's the same thing happening from last year, the same blueprint. What are they going to do different to make sure they don't get eliminated Friday with like that? Uh, you know what, Craig, thanks for the call. And uh, how much of this is similar to Dallas? I, I think that Minnesota is better in transition than the Dallas Stars are. So for the Golden Knights, I think there's been an onus on, on trying to get inside and play down low in the corners, go low to high, and look for shots from the, from the blue line. Uh, what I'm seeing is Vegas is getting into the high slot, but there are still some block shots, and the looks they're getting just aren't really that clean. When the Golden Knights have gotten their offense in this series, most of it has been in transition, and it's been with chip plays through the neutral zone where they're trying to spread the Minnesota Wild defenders as far to the boards as possible so that they can come with speed from the second guy and chip that puck into the middle of the ice for a nice transition chance. That's what the Golden Knights need to do. 
and unfortunately, you need the Minnesota Wild to make some mistakes in the neutral zone, or your forecheck has to be really good in terms of getting pressure on the Minnesota Wild and forcing them into mistakes. The Golden Knights did not pressure enough in this game. They did not force Minnesota into mistakes, and therefore the grade-A chances that we've been accustomed to seeing in games 2, 3, and 4 just were not there on the table for the Vegas Golden Knights. Hopefully that answers your question. We're back to wrap it up next. Extended post game show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights post game show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended post game show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, three to nothing, the final. The Minnesota Wild defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Force a Game 7 Friday, 6 p.m., T-Mobile Arena. Winner takes all. So for the Golden Knights, it's about finding that desperation. The same desperation the Minnesota Wild have been playing with the last two games. I'm very, very curious to see what the atmosphere is going to look like inside that building. I imagine it's going to be nervous but excited and you know this is what you play for game seven in your own barn the golden knights are going to have to do something with this opportunity in front of them match the desperation lead the desperation whatever it has to be that's going to do it for us here thanks to jeff rubino for turning all the knobs keeping us sounding fresh thanks to bobby machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air and thanks to all of you our listeners and our callers this show is just not the same without you. We will talk to you on Friday, Game 7 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.